Okay, so now we're we're off to the races here, uh, talking to Wonderful. Claudio Locasio. Um, yeah, who who is um, half Italian? His father's Italian, and uh, uh, you said your mother was German. So my first thought was, how did you get involved with what I always view as a Japanese product, mochi? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I'd say first of all, we don't necessarily consider mochi ice cream a Japanese or an Asian dessert. I think mochi itself certainly is, right? It has a several thousand year history in East Asia. Um, but ice cream, I mean, what's more American than ice cream, right? So we see it as really a kind of cross-cultural or international product. And, you know, the approach we take to it is bringing all sorts of flavors in. So we definitely do have Asian-inspired flavors, but we also do things. We recently did a habanero chocolate. We're going to release a carrot cake. Uh, you know, we have cake batter as one of our permanent flavors. So um, we see it as a really fun and interesting product and category because you can take it in so many different ways. You know, we have uh, plant-based offerings as well. Um, so for us, you know, it's, it's really kind of an interesting format and um, sort of way of, of presenting all these different flavors and textures uh, and really hopefully, you know, kind of uh, introducing our customers to different tastes from around the world. Um, so, you know, coming back to, to your question, uh, I've always had a very international mindset because both of my parents are immigrants. And so uh, for me, it was very sort of natural to, to fall into this world. And, and my uh, background in my career is entirely really in the food and beverage space. Oh, so you've been doing this food and beverage for a long time. That's right. So my, my father actually um, started a wine and spirits import and distribution business here. Um, so I sort of grew up around that and, and worked okay. there for a number of years after college. Uh, and then uh, was involved in growing a specialty coffee startup uh, for a number of years after that as well. So when did you launch, um, um, I love the name, Mochi Doki. <laughs> when uh, did you so launch I, that? So I didn't launch the company. I joined uh, about three years ago. Um, okay. And it was at a time when the company was uh, planning to go through a lot of transition and the founder I wanted to step back a little bit from the day-to-day, -day, um, and you know we had some plans to take the business in uh, a couple new directions. Of course, this was March 2020, so, so a lot of those great, plans great time to be doing something. Exactly. Right? Great, <laughs> great, perfect timing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, now, um, the the um, you you brought your background to an existing company. Uh, but what what kinds of changes did you envision making? Yeah, so when, when I came on board, um, Mochidoki was predominantly in the food service space. So the company was uh, founded and really built selling to restaurants, right? The um, idea was that, you know, this product, Mochi Ice Cream, was growing in popularity. People were becoming more and more familiar with it. And a lot of times their first exposure was at a restaurant uh, at the end of a meal on a dessert menu. And so um, you know, our founder felt that the existing offerings weren't really living up to the quality of a lot of these higher-end restaurants that were serving the product. Right? There wasn't as much of a culinary approach. So we really came in, focused a lot on 
you know, the ingredients, the production process, the packaging, really doing everything we can to um, preserve that product as much as possible so that the diner could have a really elevated mochi ice cream. You know, especially, you know, I think about it at, the, at a restaurant, it's really the last thing you have in your meal, right? So it's going to have a big impact on how you remember your experience there. And so we developed a formulation and a, and a process for making uh, what we consider you know, a more elevated mochi ice cream and immediately had a lot of success at high-end restaurant groups like Nobu, Blue Ribbon Sushi, Tao, those kinds of places um, who were really looking for this kind of a product. And so that's really where the company started and, and, and where we uh, grew for the first several years. Uh, and then in 2020, when I came in, the plan was to expand to more of a consumer-facing brand because we were having all of this success at restaurants across the country, but a lot of times people didn't know it was our mochi that they were consuming um, because it was just what they ordered on the menu. And so uh, we really wanted to build uh, you know, several other channels uh, with Mochidoki uh, brand front and center. Now, is mochi doki, is it, is it really ice cream or is it not really ice cream? How would you categorize it? So we see ourselves in sort of the frozen novelty set, right? So okay. ice cream bars and pops and sandwiches. Uh, you know, so it's kind of ice cream adjacent. The product inside, uh, the dairy version, is definitely ice cream. Um, and, you know, we do a lot of work formulating those recipes um, to really have it be you know, sort of the perfect ice cream for this format, right? Because if you think about it, it's a, it's a relatively small each piece of mochi, right? So you only have a few bites to enjoy it. And we really want those to be rich and indulgent and memorable, right? So we um, pack a lot more flavor into our ice cream. The overrun, which is the amount of air that's put into the ice cream during production, is really as small as it can possibly be so that the flavor is more concentrated. And at right. the same time, we actually reduce the sugar content because it's wrapped in a sweet rice dough, which is what mochi is. So we want that balance when you take that bite. It's not overly sweet, um, and it's just the right amount of flavor, right amount of, of mochi surrounding it. So we think a lot about making sure that each bite is kind of perfectly crafted. Well, I mean, yeah, we're really enjoying it. I mean, it, it, a lot of it has to do with texture. Um, tell us about the texture, because it's, uh, we even, I guess, it, it depends on how long you um, have it out of the freezer and what the texture is, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think what, what people really like about mochi, and, you know, we've seen it with mochi donuts and, and other, you know, products using that ingredient, is you get that uh, nice kind of chewy, uh, but still soft uh, kind of pulley texture to it. And so, um, with that and, you know, kind of the cold ice cream on the inside, I think that people really like that experience. It's new and it's, it's different for a lot of people if they're not familiar with mochi, um, but we've seen, you know, really great responses to that. And, um, you know, to your point, um, the longer you let it temper after you take it out of the freezer, you know, the softer it'll start to get. And so some people like to wait until it's really kind of gooey and stretchy. Uh, other people yeah. like the ice cream to still be nice and kind of hard on the inside. So that's, sort of a personal preference. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, that texture is something you notice right away with it. Um, the, um, your, your flavors, I mean, is, what do you do different with mochi than you do with flavors for ice cream, for example? 
Yeah, so you know, as, as I mentioned, the way you craft the ice cream, the way you produce it is quite different. Like if, if you put the filling of our mochi in a pint, um, right, it, it, it would just be very different than what you're used to getting um, when you go buy a pint at the store. Um, so a lot of it is, is really developed specifically with this use case in mind. Uh, but what I think is cool is because it's only a few bites, you know, people I think are a little bit more naturally adventurous. You know, when they, we have a few brick-and-mortar stores in New York, um, which is part of us expanding into a branded product, um, part of that strategy, and we see people how they order, right? Uh, I think if, if you're getting you know, a larger quantity or even, even a scoop, you might stick to what you know, but I think this I format think, yeah. encourages people to experiment. So maybe they'll get you know, chocolate, vanilla, something they're more used to, and then they'll try passion fruit or they'll try black sesame or something that um, is maybe new to them. And that's what I think is so fun about it. It really encourages exploration. Now, um, you won the best new product, uh, Sophie, uh, in your category. Yes. And um, so, um, which one was it? Was it yeah, so all that of is, them? Uh, it was specifically for our vegan passion fruit flavor. Um, okay. So that was something we were really excited about. Um, you know, we felt that um, again it, it, with this format, it, it's right. It's naturally gluten free. All these other things, so it made sense to develop a vegan line. But we didn't want to have you know a vegan version and a dairy version. We wanted to really make flavors that we thought went particularly well with that style uh, ice cream or frozen filling in this case, right? So uh, we really spent a lot of time crafting the base for our vegan because we went and we tried a lot of the existing products out there. And I think, you know, most of them, uh, I think we're still, you know, kind of lacking in that rich kind of creamy indulgence that you expect out of ice cream. Uh, so we crafted this vegan base and then we used it for flavors that we thought went particularly well with it which ended up being a lot of our more sort of tropical fruit flavors. So we use it for passion fruit, mango, lychee, uh, those kind of things. And, you know, the passion fruit itself I think is so fun because it has that really nice tart zing to it uh, and really kind of brightens up the experience of eating that. Uh, and also, you know, if you think about it, the mochi, the outside we made it purple and then the ice cream on the inside is yellow, which really mimics the visuals of the passion fruit itself. Um, and I think it's really resonating with people. Yeah, I, my, I mean, I, I fell in love um, with uh, passion fruit. Um, I guess from my, when we were living in Australia, I think I got into passion yeah, fruit. And, and I, I'm appalled at how much they charge for the passion fruit in the U.S. <laughs> That's hard to get, I guess. So it well, is? I was, uh, I was going to ask, do you import it? Or do somebody import it for you? How, yeah, so, how, does that, how does that part go? Uh, yeah, so we use uh, a lot of purees and things like that um, in, in our products, and so those are you know, generally imported. Um, but you know, I think that's another thing that sets us apart because our passion fruit has actual passion fruit in it, right? whereas these days a lot of people have passion fruit flavor and, and other things, um, and we really uh, don't use any of that kind of stuff. So if, if it says an ingredient on the box, that's the ingredient we want to have inside our product. Now, have, have, you, been to, have you been to Australia? Uh, I have not, unfortunately, had the opportunity. Yeah, I've been to New Zealand, so I was close. But. The, the inter interesting thing is a, a large percentage of the population actually has passion fruit vines growing, growing yeah. in their garden. 
Mm. And my and my cousin Richard, who has a small agricultural business in northern Tasmania, he, he, his main crop for a long period of time was passion fruit. Until 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 his passion fruit vines got a disease and he couldn't produce them anymore. Right. And there was much sadness in the community <laughs> that he was because it's really because it really really is a marvelous marvelous thing. Yeah, I mean, we remember Helen Phelan. We used to go out, and right next to her front porch was her passion fruit vines. <laughs> That's why I think I, I was just totally stunned by what they were charging in the, in the U.S. and American supermarkets for passion fruit. It's something like three dollars a piece or something. <laughs> so, um, is packaging the same for everybody? I mean, we got like a tray with all the little, um, all the little um, things in it. You know, you pop them up. Is that how you package it in general, with an assortment yeah. of flavors, small quantities? So, you know, every channel has slightly different packaging, mostly depending on how it's getting to people, right? So obviously restaurants are buying in, in larger quantities. They have a more bulk packaging. But, you know, we spent a lot of time developing the right packaging for this product to make sure that it reaches the customer in good condition, you know, because it's it's hard to keep it intact. And so um, whatever the format is, it's it's in a tray, which really helps yeah. preserve it, you know, even if it's just on the way home from the grocery store um, okay. because it might get a little soft and that really allows it to keep its shape. You put it back in the freezer and it will reform. Uh, a lot of other products in our category um, don't have that. And so, you know, regardless of what it was like when they first produced it, by the time someone actually gets it to open it up, maybe it's burst and refrozen in transport or something like that. And I think we've all had those experiences uh, yeah, especially with you know, yeah. online grocery delivery and other things. Um, and so we just wanted to make sure we did everything we could uh, to make the product uh, keep its, its integrity as much as possible. Now, what I didn't understand is, um, is in your instructions, pretty material that came with it, uh, you know, I understand about um, putting it in the freezer as soon as you open it and, and get it temper it according to, to how you want the texture. But then it says, once your mochi is ready, simply peel, pop, and enjoy. What do you peel? Um, so depend, again, some of the, the trays have a seal on top that you would peel open. Oh, we didn't um, have that. I don't know exactly which one you got. It's, it's a little different when we because we shipped it out to you, you know, on dry ice via... Yeah, FedEx, right. So that's a little bit different of experience than, than other people get if they're, say, getting it from the grocery store. Now, if I were having a dinner party and I wanted to serve mochi for dessert, what would mm -hmm. I do? How would I do that? Uh, so, that, you know, obviously the easiest way is you could just serve them all um, on, on a platter of some sort. Um, I've, we've done it where we, we take something that can like a stone tray or something like that or metal and put it in the freezer so that helps keep them cold after you bring them oh. out. Um, and then we, you know, because we work with so many restaurants, I mean, they do all sorts of things with it, right? So, you know, a lot of times they'll cut them in half uh, and, and sort of 
plate them nicely like that, put fresh fruits with it, add sauces, or you can almost make a little um, ice cream sundae with it. So you could put some fudge and strawberries and things on top. Um, so you could, you know, it's, it's as easy as, as popping it kind of direct uh, if you want, but you can also dress it up and elevate it in a lot of different ways. Hmm. And how big a market do you have for mochi? In what sense? I mean, like, what, what, give me a rough idea of your, your um, average production and how much do you make of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, we made over 5 million pieces of mochi last year. Um, okay. And we're still growing pretty rapidly. Um, so, you know, the category has seen a lot of growth over the last um, 10, 15 years and is continuing to grow quite nicely. Um, and it's something that, you know, we've seen for the first several years, there was a lot of education necessary. A lot of consumers weren't aware of it, had never experienced it before. And we've seen that really change where now, um, generally speaking, people are a bit more familiar with the category, uh, have had it, you know, once or twice before, uh, which we think is great because um, it allows us to really talk about our product more uh, and what makes us, you know, special versus, you know, talking about generally what is mochi. Right. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, is there some way you could tell us what goes into one of these? The, Without giving away like, your secrets. I mean, how, how, we, how we make it? Yeah, I mean, what's, what are the ingredients to make, aside from the flavoring, what, what ingredients go into making this? Yeah, so, you know, you essentially have two components, right? You have the mochi, which is a sweet rice dough, as we spoke about, right? And that is pretty simple. It, it's essentially um, rice flour, sugar, and water, uh, and then whatever you're using to color or flavor it. Um, and then the ice cream is, is made the way all ice cream is made, right? So it's milk, cream, sugar, stabilizer, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, the trick is in putting them together properly, getting the right ratio. Um, you know, if you think about it, you're dealing with things that are, are frozen but still need to be sort of shaped and molded. So getting them at the right temperature and consistency is very important within our production process. Um, so all of that... You have all you know, kinds of special equipment probably, huh? Absolutely. So that must have been yeah. a big investment. <laughs> It was, and we actually just, just opened last month a new production facility. So it uh, has been a big investment, but, you know, we see a lot of uh, opportunity for continued growth. You know, so we're still continuing to sell in restaurants. Uh, we have two stores that are Mochidoki storefronts in New York, and we're about to open one uh, out in Santa Monica in L.A. Um, That's and then A lot yeah, of stuff going into Santa Monica for some reason. New restaurants do everything. I don't know why, but yeah. And we so, just, you know, uh, we uh, we've been selling online for for years, especially obviously during COVID. That part of our business grew a lot, so we kind of know the areas where we have a high concentration of of people who are interested in our product. So that definitely helped us choose where we wanted to go. I see, um, and uh, I mean, like you you obviously are growing your market as a priority. Um, mm -hmm. And that involves a lot of education. Um, uh, and I mean, do you continue with product development, or is that kind of um, already 
I've written a story. Well, we do is a lot of flavor development. Um, so we release uh, you know, about every quarter a uh, limited time offering. Right now we just released a panda and pistachio flavor, uh, which again oh, I, I think is really that. Oh, I'd love that one. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, it's combining thing. different, you know, combining different flavors, different regions, um, and so you know, with these limited time offerings, it's where we like to have, you know, a little more fun, explore, um, try to do interesting combinations. Um, so we're continuing to do that regularly. But you know, for us, we're focusing on this format of mochi ice cream and and really trying to get it to people in as many different ways as possible. So. Uh, you know, that's where we um, have our stores. We sell online. We just launched into grocery stores, through restaurants, um, and, and really making sure that we uh, kind of reach people wherever they want to have our product. Well, now, um, the best thing for people to do is go on your website. What's that? Yes, uh, so mochidoki.com. Um, so we ship nationwide from the website, um, but also there you can see uh, the grocery stores we're in, and you can see uh, where our, our brick-and-mortar shops are as well. Oh, that's great. And are you going to expand the brick-and-mortar ones too? We intend to keep, you know, not going crazy, but, uh, you know, we think there's potential, uh, especially in, you know, places that are warm all year round. Uh, so Florida, Texas, I think, are on the horizon for us. Um, you know, again, we've seen success in, in the stores we have and, and a lot of interest in this category from people. So uh, we want to continue to, to be able to, uh, you know, yeah, and bring it I'd, I'd like and to educate have them. A, I'd like to have a store within walking dis- distance from my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you feel so adventurous because there's so many options and flavors. What's your total number of flavors? Uh, so any given time, we have about 16 or 17 different flavors uh, at the shops. Well, I mean, do you change the flavors a lot then? Yeah, so that's those seasonal ones. We're constantly rotating those in and out. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. I guess we've we got 12 flavors. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's certainly it's, it's a whole new... Uh, adventure for people who are into a frozen uh, desserts or frozen snacks. I don't know how, how you'd classify it, but um, it, it, it's a whole new thing to, to test out. And I imagine um, it would be a great way for restaurants to um, expand their, their dessert offerings. Right? Absolutely. Um, you know, and as I mentioned there's a lot you can do with that format. So for example, at our shops right now, uh, we're doing what we call mochi s'mores. So we're actually taking oh, yeah. a torch and, and toasting the outside, and it really crisps up like a marshmallow, and then putting fudge uh, around it and graham crackers. Um, so again, You're you know, kidding. it's something that you can do all sorts of different fun things with. Well, I guess you need to come out with a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Aren't you proud, proud of the fact that you have the same ethnic background as Mr. Talenti, who supposedly, depending on who you ask, invented sorbet and invented what's what's the other thing, sweetheart? I don't. Um, he didn't invent 
I don't think he. I, did he? I don't think he. Did he invent? Oh, he did invent. I, I think so. That's, yeah. The company was named after him who invented the, the sorbet. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. And well, there's a lot of history involved with all this. It gets kind of complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does, and yeah. You know, I mean, increasingly, food. I, I find food history fascinating and trash you know, what foods came from where and then which cultures yeah, incorporated yeah. those and, and then did something different with it. You know, imagine Italian food without tomatoes and all sorts of things like that. Um, which, of course, they didn't have until the discovery right. of the New World. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, what part of Italy is your family from? Uh, my father's from Palermo in Sicily. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, Vicino, Palermo. Pacino, uh, Pacino, Palermo, yeah. I, mean, okay. I, I can't remember. Peter always says the name of the town. Do you remember the name of the town, Rabbit? Let me see if I can conjure it up. <laughs> we, we went there, and, and uh, it's funny because the, um, there was a woman who owned the local the county. It's right in the hilltop, beautiful view, but like no jobs or anything, one of those kinds of things. But the woman who owned the um, butcher shop had the same name as my grand, my paternal grandmother. Oh wow! But I can tell you, they couldn't have cared less. <laughs> I was so excited to be in my ancestral home, and they couldn't have cared less. <laughs> Another couple of, of, you know, America. If, if, if you if you feed me enough talente, I'll rem- I'll remember the name of the town. But it's escaping me just for the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to really remember it. I mean, Alta Via, Alta Via, Alta Via, Alta yeah, Malice. That's it. If, if you go to Sicily, check that town out. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Go to my my grandmother's named butcher shop, right? Well, it's great talking to you, Claudio, and um, and 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 we certainly are enjoying your product, um, Mochi Doki. Is well, it's it's very good, very very good, and yeah, we're enjoying we're it a lot. We're already worrying what we'll do when there isn't any more left. <laughs> yeah, where we're going to have to order it online. You'll have to come it's visit hard. Come visit our stores. Yeah, I mean, this, ordering it online in the summer is like, it's really tough to ship all that stuff with dry ice and stuff, I know. We we interview a lot of uh, frozen people, people with frozen products, and it's it's difficult. So I don't know what we'll do when we, we also have UPS going on strike <laughs> this summer, so... Anyhow, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, and I, I wish you continued success. And have a, a blast at the uh, Fancy Food, food Show uh, when you're there accepting your award. And, uh, yeah, and enjoy New York. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having you on. It was a pleasure chatting. Loved it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Oh, boy, we're talking to Snehi Chaplot of Gallivant Ice Cream. My first question, Snehi, is why call it Gallivant? Um, the main 
Well, the honest answer is because I and my husband love traveling. It's uh, our, oh, okay. uh, one of our biggest passions. And, uh, you know, uh, so well, while we were on our journey to, you know, different countries, we visited almost 57 countries to date. Uh, one of the key things that inspires or makes our travels uh, just exemplary is having those traditional cuisines and traditional desserts. So what better way to, you know, put two and uh, a delicious uh, dessert like ice cream together with all those culinary flavors we have learned during our travels and, you know, bringing it to the American audience. Um, I guess uh, uh, that's the reason we named it Gallivant. <laughs> you know, hold on a second. My, my, my mother had a... Had a met, Many things that she, she said that were almost the same thing. And one of her expressions was, if you were doing something, you might be gallivanting around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go gallivanting around. So is that, around. What, is that what you were doing? You were gallivanting around? Yeah, pretty much gallivanting around, uh, uh, you know, having a cup of ice cream here and there. I think that's the be- one of the best ways to have a vacation, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> No, um, that is certainly the season for for ice cream. Um, mm-hmm. If it would stop raining, um, what what is the backstory on on um, the composition of your ice cream? Um, it's it's very special. It's not. What is mawa? Mawa. Uh, so. Sure. Uh, Mama are Indian milk solids or South Asian milk solids. They are used in over 85% of desserts uh, that are made in South Asia. Uh, The ice creams, the local desserts, they all contain mava, which is just basically in very simple terms, uh, just you keep boiling milk until it is left uh, with only around 30% moisture. So think of it something like this, like you're slowly cooking and evaporating all the, uh, like the liquid of the milk or the water of the milk. And when you are left with uh, like a thick mass at the bottom, uh, which is like really yummy, caramelized, buttery, rich, uh, you know, filled with all those beautiful milk fats and it's absolutely delectable. That's what is mava. Now is it like, how is it like, how is it like lassi? (laughs) <laughs> uh, so lassi is totally different. Lassi is made oh, with is. Okay. Uh, right. yogurt. Yeah, it's made with yogurt, which is fermented milk. Uh, okay. But the, this product is not fermented. It's just cooked, okay. like heavily cooked milk. So now how our ice creams are different are, uh, well, the, fun, well the, the science behind it is, uh, as per Ayurveda, if you take milk and, you know, you keep boiling it, you're cooking the milk in many ways. It's not just pasteurization, but it's actually cooking the milk. So what that does, it, it makes the milk more digestible and acceptable to the body, thereby causing less tummy problems. Now, I don't say that, or Ayurveda doesn't say that, uh, you know, if you, have, uh, like, uh, if you have like a dairy allergy, that if you consume milk after it's cooked, it's good. No. What it says is if you are finding it difficult to digest milk 
when you boil it, cool it, and then have it, it will be much more easily digested because most of the lactose gets converted into, uh, into an indigestible sugar, uh, which makes it called lactulose, which makes it much easier to consume milk. And all the good fats uh, become more easily absorbed by the body, uh, thereby, uh, which is basically ghee or milk fat, which is anti-inflammatory right. in nature. So thereby making it very easy. So our ice cream, our base is actually cooked. It's not just pasteurized, it's cooked. That's what makes sure. it really cool, uh, different from what's there out in the market and in many ways Ayurvedic, Ayurveda approved. <laughs> yeah, well, now, listeners, um, pay attention to, to what this woman is saying. Um, she is uh, a food safety scientist with over a decade of experience in food manufacturing and safety. So she knows what she's talking about. And you also have all this experience working with these great big corporate um, um, operations like Tyson Foods, Kraft Heinz, Nestle. Um, wasn't it a little bit scary going out on your own with a small um, production? Uh, yes, very, very scary, actually. Um, uh, to be honest, uh, the reason I decided to go uh, do my own thing was uh, from a personal medical condition. I could no longer, you know, uh, work in a full-time corporate job. So I, ha- having all this training uh, done under the corporate, uh, the, the biggest food giants, um, it was very difficult to, you know, just be idle and not do something while going while uh, recovering from my medical condition. So honestly, that was the reason why I decided to um, start my own food manufacturing. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it scary? Very scary because you know the hard work that goes behind it because you've seen you've come from these uh, like big like really really big operations and uh, you know that's all you know. So you are thinking like. How am I even going to get there? Um, so yes, it was very scary, but at the same time, I had a very strong belief, and a lot of it also came from my background and uh, with with uh, d- while doing my graduate studies as well as working in these uh, big giants. Uh, it gave me a lot of confidence to pursue what I wanted to. Uh, it was never easy in spite of being uh, well-equipped, well-trained, uh, resourceful to a very decent extent. Uh, it still is not easy, but, uh, well, I think if it was easy and it came very easy to one, then you wouldn't appreciate what you have or what you've created today. So, yeah, it was hard, but totally worth it. So when did you start them? Well, you, you started the food shop first, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and, and uh, when did you develop the Gallivant? Uh, Gallivant was launched in August, uh, on August 9, 2019. And uh, it came into its first retailer in January 2020. So we've been, but then, you know, COVID hit. So, you know, we had a little bit of a snafu situation over there. Uh, however, we... We've been, we are almost three and a half, four years old now, uh, but our true uh, retail 
started last year because of we had a little bit of a lag um, getting into the market because of COVID. Uh-huh. Well, I guess you would. <laughs> Except everybody did turn to online. Is that the best way to get your product? Uh, actually, we do not, uh, you know, serve our or, or uh, do uh, e-commerce with these ice creams anymore just because of the challenges, you know, like uh, uh, very realistic challenges like the temperature and, uh, you know, ice cream is something that if you lose temperature even for 30 minutes, the product is gone, like it doesn't taste the same at all. So uh, that, that really demotivated us uh, from doing uh, or expanding into an e-commerce uh, business model. We did try it in the year 2020 and 2021, but it was just not picking up uh, because we had too many situations where our packages would not get delivered on time, so they were, you know, the consumer would get all melted ice cream, which and they're waiting so eagerly, you know, for our ice creams. And when they open it, it's all messy, and it's very. It was very disheartening, to be honest. So we just decided to not go that route. Today we are available in uh, Texas and California, and we are slowly expanding into the rest of the country. So yeah, the best way to uh, find us in Texas is through HEB, Phoenicia. And in California, we are currently in Bristol Farms, and we are in a few independents in Arizona. Uh, but we are slowly growing. Uh huh. Um, so people people can't order anything online. They have to find. Do you have a um, a store um, um, store list on your website? Yes, we have a store list on our website. Correct. Okay, and and you basically, um, you 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 yourself have health issues, having to deal with um, food, right? Yes. And and so that's the the motivation for for you, really, simply, right? Pretty much, yes. I mean, I, we I I have very strong uh, gluten allergies and. Uh, uh, I developed dairy sensitivities uh, because of uh, my medical condition. Uh, I was not gluten allergic or dairy sensitive before that. Uh, but once I developed them, uh, I could no longer consume food the way I used to. And that pretty much motivated me to uh, trying to understand what was different, uh, why was this, uh, why I did not have these sensitivities and allergies while I was growing up but I'm developing them right now, like what's going on. So that was the motivation behind understanding uh, how food can be a medicine and how to truly consume food in a way where it is not harmful, but actually, uh, you know, a true medicine to you. And it's always healing. Yeah, well, you know, um, we interviewed um, a woman who wrote a book about, um, she, she put her husband uh, who had, um, he had diabetes and was on daily insulin. She put um, him on an Ayurvedic diet, and and he he didn't have to take the um, the injections anymore. So I mean, oh. food makes a difference. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, how how do you market your product? 
right, we are a very small company. So what we have been doing is we, uh, in every store that our product is present, we try to do a lot of uh, product demonstrations with our team. We train them ourselves. Our brand ambassadors are very passionate about uh, you know, our products and then talk about them, explain to the consumer what is different about them, and of course give them tastings. So that is our number one uh, way to do marketing. The second way we market our products is through uh, events and trade shows. We are currently uh, uh, going to go into the Gotex in uh, Expo show, uh, from, which is from June 21st to 24th uh, in Dallas, at the Dallas Market uh, Center. And then uh, the other one we are going to is from June 25th to 27th at the Summer Fancy Food Show in New York at Javits Center. Have you, so those is, two, yeah. Have you been there before? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Just don't don't hold your breath. I'll tell you, it's it'll be the busiest three days of your life. <laughs> There's so much to do. <laughs> I wear comfortable I shoes. My my advice: wear comfortable <laughs> shoes. Uh, we learned it the hard way, yes. And then it's not just that. You know, when you're going to these shows, there are like so many inspiring brands around you. And uh, it's like you, you, you feel happy to be amongst peers who equally care about food as much as you do, you know? Oh, well, this, I mean, I think this is, we go to a lot of these shows and the, the New York Summer Fancy Food Show is really the best. I think it is, anyhow. So um, are you going to be doing samples there? Or? Yes, yes. We will be doing samples for all the 10 uh, flavors that we have. We also are doing a giveaway uh, for uh, anyone who enters, uh, comes to our booth, leaves, leaves their uh, email and uh, email information. Uh, we will be doing a draw, and they will get uh, uh, all, like uh, at least a, once a quarter a box of Gallivant ice creams uh, for the next one year. Wow, that's that's tempting, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, how many flavors do you have? We have ten, ten flavors. Ten. What? Give us an example of some of them. Yeah, sure. Uh, our most uh, famous or the most loved flavor are is the mango. Our mangoes come from India. Uh, they come from the western part of the country. Uh, they are special mangoes called kesar mangoes. Uh, kesar means uh, saffronish in uh, saffron in Hindi. So the flavor of these mangoes are more uh, uh, flavor and aroma of these mangoes are more saffronish. They go beautifully with ice creams over Alfonso, in my opinion. So that's the reason we chose these mangoes. And another flavor that is our second bestseller is cardamom. Our cardamom comes from Guatemala, which is uh, where most of the uh, cardamom in the world grows. Uh, okay. We work directly with the farmers over there. They provide us. Uh, I literally just uh, work directly with the farmers who are, uh, when we place an order, they, yeah. fa- uh, they, they basically take the pods out and grind them and send us the cardamom powder to us. So, uh, and another one that um, that resonates very well with, uh, which is very unique actually, and resonates very well with a lot of audiences is black sesame. Um, 
our black sesame comes from China because our black sesame has its roots of first it was, you know, the uh, the most toasty or nutty black sesame as per uh, the Asian profile comes from China. And uh, what it, uh, a lot of people who've had the black sesame ice cream describe it like, hmm, this is toasty and nutty like peanut, uh-huh. but it doesn't have peanut in it. So people with peanut allergies can actually enjoy the black sesame ice cream and know what peanut tastes like. I'm like, interesting. I never thought of it that way. But yes, that's, it, that's a very unique and different way to put it. But that's, those, those three, I would say, uh, are, are something, uh, just a few, just one, three of the ten examples of how our flavors are. Right. Yeah, we, we interviewed um, somebody uh, who has a company making a mochi ice cream, and some of their flavors were um, the um, black sesame and mango, and um, I don't know that they had cardamom, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's great that people are expanding their palates and, and experimenting with all these other flavors now, aren't don't you think? I think today's um, today's audience earns for uh, diversity. You know, the strength of our country is diversity. The strength of our palate is the diverse nature of these uh, flavors and acceptance of these flavors. So when when our uh, audience today uh, doesn't like, well, I would not say doesn't like, but uh, while they appreciate. Uh, the vanillas, but they also appreciate the blend of vanillas, you know, so they want to have both. So we are in this beautiful uh, phase of our, uh, I guess, the food journey where uh, we have audiences that not only appreciate uh, diversity uh, amongst people, but they also appreciate the diversity in, 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 in food, in flavors, and in cuisines. So, yes, I think it's not only wonderful, it's, it's, um, it's the way going forward. It is absolutely the way to embrace everyone and going forward. Well, I mean, it, you have a, a lot ahead of you, a lot of uh, education mm-hmm. to do, a lot of uh, promotional events to participate in. Um, where are you mm-hmm. going to find the time for all this? <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I have to say, uh, I have a fabulous team who allow, uh, whose presence, uh, you know, in my uh, being there allows me to, you know, do much more than what I would have um, not been able to do, you know, ideally. So uh, I, I guess, like, you know, when, when if, if, in, if, let's say, I, I, I want to spend some time talking and educating uh, a group of folks at, let's say, a university, I, have, I know that, that it will be completely fine because my team will take care of running the company while I'm away, you know. So right. I, 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 I have a lot of uh, people helping me out, Ms. Anne. <laughs> well, you, you have a lot of energy. I can tell that from just talking to you. <laughs> Well, I, I hope that you um, in, enjoy the, the Fancy Food Show and your other um, show. And, and, um, is this in Dallas? Uh, yes. But I, yes, and, and I hope that you find a whole expanded audience here. 
and that you continue enjoying your work and your good health. Uh, and thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us about the product. Uh, listeners, ag- again, it's um, Gallivant ice cream, and, um, uh, and you, you need to go on the website. You want to give listeners your website so that they can go and, and, and access the store finder. Absolutely. Uh, it's www.gallivanticecreams.com. I'll spell out Gallivant, G-A-L-L-I-V-A-N-T, icecreams with an S, dot com. And uh, once you go there, hit on the store locator, and you shall be able to find uh, Gallivant right next to you. Or if you guys really want us in a store next to you, please take uh, this, this information to the store nearest to you and give it Good to them and ask them to carry us. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> Good strategy. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for talking to us. And I'm glad oh, we I, got this in. And Yeah, I'm glad we, we the, got to hear from you. No, thank you, Miss and and uh, Peter. We are. I am so grateful for you both to take the time to talk to me. I really appreciate that, and uh, I am so looking forward to coming down to a store night right next to you or having Gallivan there very soon. Yes, indeed, and uh, don't forget, listeners, tell your local um, provider of food of any sort that you need. They need to get this in stock so you can get it very accessible. And and I agree with you, by the way, also that um, that, that, that shipping frozen products are really difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've had yeah, a lot of experience with that. Well, thank you again, and enjoy yourself. And maybe talk to us when you further along and want to say something else. Oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Great. Listen. Keep us absolutely. on your list. Thank you I so will. much. Bye-bye. <laughs> you have a good weekend. Thank you. Yes. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.